Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. With your favorite Breakfast Theology people, (laughs) Chuck Jones with the Colorado Omelette this Mm. morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, we're on track today. Last time we forgot till the very end. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We're, we're, on, we're on track now. Uh, yeah, Isaac Kane is also here. And I, no surprise, have the Southwest Chicken Bowl with pancakes on, as a side. Josiah Kane is also here. Wait, did you say Southwest? <laughs> no, yeah, you yes, did say Southwest. I got Southwest. I got the New Mexico Chicken Bowl. They are almost identical, I think. The Southwest has a layer of hash browns at the bottom, and then yes. New Mexico has a layer of rice at the bottom. Yes. I think that's the only difference. It was a kind of a confusing morning for us. Um, they were very similar options, and the waitress got confused, and we got confused, and it doesn't help that almost identical orders were given by people that look almost, almost identical. identical. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think she got it confused. I think you guys helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely yeah. a team effort of the confusion. But at the end of the day, actually at the beginning of this morning, <laughs> we got it all straightened out. And they're gone. And the food is now in our tummy, and we're happy about it. I want to encourage everyone to reach out to us through email is our preference. Although you can leave a comment on the Facebook post if you find one. It's a little trickier for us to get a hold of those though. They don't populate into a organized digital manner like email does. If but you do messenger pigeon, we'll think it's pretty cool and impressive. If you can get a messenger pigeon to me, I will literally drive to your house and give you <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure messenger pigeons are also extinct. I think the last one died in the 2000s or 90s. Is there a difference between a messenger pigeon and just a normal pigeon? Yeah. Carriage, carri- carriage pigeons. <laughs> Carrier pigeons, yeah. <laughs> there are a difference. Yeah, they were, they were bred specifically for that. They were different species. Huh. I mean, there are a lot of variations of pigeons. There's a rainbow pigeon. Honestly, if you haven't seen a picture of a rainbow pigeon, you should look it up. They're pretty spectacular. They're pretty awesome. Huh. What was I saying? Breakfast theology. <laughs> yeah, right. breakfast theology. Yes. Uh, we are doing that, and we are here, and we would like to hear from you. Email us. Uh, the address is breakfasttheology at gmail.com. Short, simple, relatively short, simple and to the point. We really like to hear uh, your thoughts on an episode that you enjoyed, critiques, ideas, If you want to be on that podcast with us and you live near Michigan or in Michigan, we'd love to have you. We'll buy you breakfast. That's part of the deal. You don't even have to buy yourself breakfast. We will get you breakfast. We'll talk about something fun. So email us. Chuck just nodded his head. It makes it official. (laughs) So last week we talked about in our Christians Say What series. Uh, last week we talked about In Jesus' Name, which uh, was a good conversation. I hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't, go back and listen to it. That was fun. It was fun. And this week we are kind of uh, 
rubbing up against the idea of going to church, right? So I'm not really sure. There's not one particular phrase that I think is the most common for this, but it is a really common idea of mm-hmm. um, we go to church or I went to church or uh, I don't. I switch churches or I'm church shopping and. What it does is it creates this idea where the church is a separate entity from you. It's like a movie theater or a restaurant or something you can sign up to be in, like the YMCA or, or a country club or some kind of book reading club or something. Something that you right. can go and participate in, leave, and then that part is done or your association for like that gym. moment. Like a gym. Yeah. yeah, you can use the same language for like, oh, I switched gyms. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a new gym, or I went to the gym, or uh, these are my fellow gym members, you know, like, or here's my gym club or my aerobics club or whatever. Right. Which is pretty common language in English. Because, I think partially because the church has become a building. Mm. Right. It's associated with the building. Associated. It hasn't become a building. But. That's like saying your wife has become your dog. (laughs) It just can't happen. Yeah, it just can't happen. Because that's not what it means. That's not what church means. Right. The church is not a building. Although, in English it gets confusing because a church is a building. We've kind of co-opted this word and we say that building is a church. Is a church. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the old thing? Here's a church, there's a steeple, you open the door and see all the people. Yeah. Well, it separated the people from the church. Mm. And such things ought not to be so. Yeah, right. definitely. Right. So there's this kind of Christian needs to go along with that. Uh, that because a lot of Christians will agree that we should not view the church as you know, the actual building and that it should be the group of people. It needs to be the people. And, um, you know, so there's kind of this phrase that we might, this might be the closest kind of Christianese to this idea of, you know, pastors or people in the church saying we are the church or something like that. And that's what we're gonna talk about. Because as we've mentioned already, in our modern culture, you know, to put again with the gym analogy, you know, you don't say we are the gym because you're not the facility that has all the workout equipment. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like the group of people is not the gym, they're the ones participating in the gym. And so it might have a strange sounding, I don't know, feel to our culture to say we are the church because it would sound just as silly in some people's minds. Yes, I think it is church is a sacred term. Hmm. And it should not be used lightly. It should be used often in the correct context. Exactly. Yeah. You could have church in your house. Yeah. That whole building in my house? <laughs> not, big house. <laughs> yeah. Or a small church. Where does church come from? Yeah. I was actually just looking up the etymology of that. Ecclesia. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, that's how I feel like it's pronounced. That's how, that's how I've heard it says Ecclesia. I know that there's 
a denomination that uses that word, the Greek word, instead of church. Hmm. And I guess it does denote that they're different, which they are. <laughs> but it is interesting. It's from the Greek, the root word for to call. Mm-hmm. Come here, not a cell phone call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing the uh, English phrase equivalent to uh, a gathering of those who have been summoned. You know, there you like go. A, yeah, a gathering of the a gathering of those who've been summoned. I've also heard it said ecclesia can be defined as the called out ones. I've also yes. heard that. And I think that's called out. That's where kaleo is means kaleo, which call. is a totally different feel than uh, an event that happens in a building. Explain that. I think. I think honestly, the the simple answer is that. The, the a gathering of people constitutes a church, not any physical building or location or specific, um, specific liturgy. You know, like it's not like a building that has a cross on it, and then in that building there are eight songs that are sung every single week, and then a message, and there are these different practices going on. That isn't church. A church is a gathering of of like-minded believers, no matter where they're at. And I think in fact, it's important to use the term believers. Yeah, definitely. It's not like any gathering of people becomes a church. It's those who say that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He died for my sins. Mm-hmm. He was resurrected. I believe in that name. And we're going to hang out. And we're going to hang out. And it's almost as if, just when we'll look at some verses here too, but it's it's not even that that church can actually disperse. It's like you are constantly the church. And this mm. kind of bigger sense, like each of us is a member of a large organization that is the church. Right. And so when you say, I go to church... You can't actually go to church. You you're in it. Yeah, you are the church. <laughs> you know, like it's like saying, if let's say you're a brick or a stone in a building, and you say, yeah, I'm going to this building. No, you can't. You are the building. Wherever you go, it, the church follows you, mm. or at least your portion of it. Right. Which one I think brings in a lot of accountability for us. Yes. Because. Yeah. Think about the church in the traditional English sense where you go into the building, right? If you walk into a church and there are people cursing up a storm and drinking and partying and watching all kinds of filthy things and doing all these things that you would say, that's definitely not godly. And then you walk out of that building and you go and participate in some of those things. You're defiling the church in the same way as that hyper-exaggerated scene I just described, right? Right. Because you are a member of the church. Even if it's done in secret, it's yeah. still there. Just going off of that, too, Scripture talks about us being ambassadors of Christ. Mm-hmm. 
I'm talking about like representing the church everywhere you go. In the church, we're going to probably look at some scripture here in the here in a little bit about how we're the you know, body of Christ, we represent Christ, and so representing the church is, in the ultimate sense, representing Christ. And you know, you think an ambassador of a nation is a person that represents the that country's uh, desire and positions, and you know, so if, you know, I was an ambassador of the United States, and I came into some like you know <coughs> international meeting and just acted recklessly and wild and was rude and nasty i just gave a depiction of what the united states was like to the rest of the world that was really bad and i think we all could real like i think all of us would be nervous if we were told to go to an international meeting and you represent the united states i'd be like oh that's quite a bit of responsibility yeah i better do some studying up right and make sure I'm having good integrity and acting well. And I think for some reason that gets lost a little bit when we say, oh, I represent, you know, not just the country, but, you know, the the spread of God's eternal kingdom forever. Imagine, <laughs> imagine this. Imagine you sit down with Jesus and he says, hey, you have this job that you go to every day or this school. You know, like what I want you to do is I want you to go to this job that you do every day. I want you to be the best representation of, of me that you can be. Mm. Mm. That's the same kind of... I mean, that in reality, that's what we've been charged with. Yeah. Is we walk into every moment of every day, and we are... I like the word attaches. <laughs> we are the assistant to letting people see the mission of Christ. They, we are hopefully image bearers of mm. his mission you know yeah which is a some massively humbling responsibility makes you feel really unprepared <laughs> for it yeah ain't that the truth so anybody got any good passages for us this morning well I was thinking of in terms of other terms that could be used instead of church or for church. Mm. Like assembly. Hmm. And in that, in assembly, there's a verb and a noun, but it's the same word. The church is the assembling of the assembly. Hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It's it's the people. And from what I understand, the term synagogue is the same kind of term as church. It, it's a reference to the people, not the place. Right. Yeah, which is why in Scripture when it says, if you follow me, you'll be kicked out of your synagogue. It's not like you're banned from a particular building. You're excommunicated from your community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like those people don't associate with you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's way bigger than just saying, oh, you're not allowed to step into that eight by eight building anymore where they keep the scrolls. It's saying the people that you've lived with your entire life yeah. are going to turn their backs on you mm-hmm. because of your belief, which is a way bigger deal. Right. Man is even thinking about, again, the, the ancient Jews and the Israelites and, you know, what we read in the Old Testament. God never felt like his people were just this section of land. 
you know, his nation of Israel were still his people and his nation when they were still in Egypt. Yep. Or when they went into exile. Or when they went into exile. Yeah. Or, you know, and so it's never been a thought in God's mind that a physical, tangible chunk of land or a building is replacing the group of people. Now, there was the temple mm-hmm. and the tabernacle, mm-hmm. which were particular places that God said, I want you to use these facilities for particular reasons. Right. However, the church has become God's temple. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up a, a scripture here for you. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are, God's, and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Talking about people as these, like, actual stones. Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So, like, this, the thing that everything else is based off of, and then you have the prophets and the apostles that laid the foundation for this, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. And so what Paul is saying here in Ephesians is that the physical temple in Jerusalem, that's not where God chooses to reside anymore. Right. That's not where he places his spirit and his holiness. He's actually saying that he resides in us as if we were these living stones. Another mm-hmm. scripture talks about that too. These living stones being fitted together in this ever-expanding and growing temple where God says, I choose these people to be where I, where, where people worship and where sacrifices are made and where if you want to come and be in my presence, it's with these group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, it's, it won't be on a mountain or this mountain or that mountain or this right. temple that we're going to worship. It's going to be in spirit and truth. Yeah. So you don't do it at a physical place. You do it in a state of heart and mind. Like a a worship transferred from a certain time and place. Yeah. Transferred from you worship in a certain time and place to you worship in a state of being with fellow people. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that passage in Ephesians brings to my mind a passage in Revelation. Revelation 21.9. You, you probably got this committed to memory. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Mm-hmm. Now who is that? Not a person. Not one person. It's the church. Yeah. The assembly, mm-hmm. the congregation. And so he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Mm. Well, I'm going to show you the bride, and it turns out he's looking at New Jerusalem. Mm. He's looking at a, a large conglomerate of people that make up the city. Yeah. Yes, just like Paul said in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we've already mentioned a little bit, but I wanted to point to Scripture to pretty 
explicitly prove it. We've said that just because there's a gathering of people doesn't mean it's the ecclesia or the assembly. It's there's some there's foundational things that have to be in place for it to be considered the called out ones. And we already said that Jesus is the cornerstone. And we looked at that scripture. I also want to look at Matthew 16 too. Um, so Matthew 16, verse 13 through 18. Uh, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do people say that I am, and who do you say that I am? Um, so it says, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, this rock being the phrase that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ, I will build my church. And that Greek word again is ecclesia. I will build my group of called out ones on the rock of I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, you know, and it will prevail in the you know, forces of hell will not be able to overpower the church. So, so we just see over and over again in scripture that uh, this group of the church is founded, the cornerstone is on Jesus, he is the rock of the whole thing. That is foundational. He's worthy. Mm. He is. Who is worthy? Jesus. Who's mm -hmm. worthy to open the scroll to fulfill these promises, yeah. to sit at the right hand of God in all power it's Jesus and we are his body we can come up with different terms to use instead of church yeah. it is the people not the location mm -hmm. like the word mob yeah hmm. yeah I'm going to the mob yeah so you have to ask where is the mob mm. where Where's the mob meeting? Hmm. You know, right. The the term family is the same kind of thing. Hmm. Peter has some different terms that I think echo the Old Testament, but he has different terms for the church. In First Peter chapter two, starting with verse five. Living stones, there's that idea again. But uh, chosen by God and precious. You, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore... It is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will not be by no means be put to shame. Mm -hmm. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Mm -hmm. But you are, and listen to these terms, in Pick out the one that is a location. 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his royal, his own special people of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Sorry, it's but all caught. references to people. The only thing that even sounds remotely close to a specific location is the holy nation. But once again, a nation is a people, it's not a land. Geographically speaking, we think that usually, like, think about the United States as a nation, we imagine the 50 states, you know, on the map, and you got Alaska and Hawaii squeezed in. Well, and another interesting fact, fun fact that I found out was Martin Luther didn't particularly care for the term church. Hmm. He preferred to use the term congregation. Yeah, another term, yeah. yeah. Describing the people. Right, right. Yeah, I think, uh, especially in the Catholic Church, these uh, cathedrals and basilicas and these big buildings became a, a central hub of worship. You know, obviously... They're a designated place to meet together, which is a good thing. But, you know, I think a lot of people started to see them as the things, you know. Mm -hmm. That's the important part. And I think Martin Luther and his Reformation ideas were trying to fight against that too and and go back to what Scripture says, which is always a good thing, Mm -hmm. and saying, no, it's, it's the people that make the difference here. Yeah. It's the people that are the church. And I just want to urge you guys to strongly consider yourself in that way. Because I think it becomes a lot easier to stop going to church when you see it as an activity. You see it as a once a week subscription, you know, Hmm. or prescription or just a momentary thing that you do. But if you start seeing yourself as like, actually, if I say I'm a believer in Christ, I can't actually escape the church. The only way I get out of the church is if I say, you know what? I want nothing to do with this belief anymore. Then that's when you leave the church. Yeah. And to stop coming together, you are denying and not practicing the very important part of what being a church means, Mm. which means you are failing to be one of the living stones that are building up this building. Yeah. It's like if you imagine this physical building and you're one of these bricks in this building, all of a sudden you just pop out and you're laying on the ground right next to it. Mm-hmm. You're not adding to the building. You're not supporting the building. Yeah. You just are going to get swept up and thrown out. Yeah. Can and you say that? <laughs> I don't know if I can. I did. <laughs> Hopefully I... Uh, Hopefully those words are measured, but from Scripture it kind of seems There'd like... There'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth. John 15, God is his master vine dresser. And it's mm-hmm. a, Jesus is his vine and we're the branches and the ones that don't bear fruit are cut off and cast into the fire. And the ones that are bearing fruit are pruned and shaped to bear more fruit. Yeah, Which is... We're all talking about the same thing yep. here. It's all just a different way to think about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, if you are not 
participating. If you feel like yeah. church is just something you can skip out on for a week or just come when it suits your schedule, you are not being a member of the church. No. No. And take an organ in your body. Any, right. Pick one, heart, mm -hmm. for instance. And it decides, I'm going to stop working today. I'm not going to show up. Yeah. And you, your whole self, will no longer keep showing up if that yeah. happens. Yeah, that could be fatal. Yeah. It's almost like, imagine a member of a church as an individual heart cell. And if one leaves, you know, you might not see a major difference. But if all of them start to take vacations, you know, and, and kind of leave and, and walk out, mm. and they're not all there working at the same time, pumping together in unison, the heart dies you know and we're as as uh, Paul says and used elsewhere in, in scripture let me just read to Colossians 124 for example now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake and in my flesh I do share my on my behalf of his body talking about Jesus which is the church mm -hmm. or Colossians 118 he talking about Jesus is also the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything and so imagine that if you don't do your portion of this you're starving Jesus's body of mm. of its essential yeah. components to yeah. do the job yeah. yeah and also think a little bit bigger than just your local church mm. the church is an, an international worldwide phenomenon the largest movement yeah the largest movement so when we think about being Christ's body we often think about very locally you know what is everybody's part in making this body work but I think Paul is even talking more broadly here I think we should think about it that way too make sure everybody's plugged in at the church and doing something that they're gifted at yeah. But then we also need to think about the eschatological major worldwide church with a capital C. Mm -hmm. That how are we fitting into the grand scheme of things? How is our church a part of this moving body that Christ is directing to accomplish the goals of spreading the gospel everywhere across mm -hmm. the world? Yeah, mm -hmm. wasn't there a phrase years back? Uh, think. Think globally, act locally. Mm. Did you hear that before? No, but that's a good phrase. Like as far as I know, you're the one that came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Think globally and act locally. Mm. Think big and get to work. Yeah. yeah. I just think there's so much danger in seeing the church as something you can go to and participate in mm -hmm. when it's convenient for you yeah. or is even just cultural practice like oh right. I'm a I don't know I'm in the United States of America I claim that I'm a Christian which by the way literally means Christ person I think is cool and uh, and yeah that's just part of what we do you know, I, you know, I say please and thank you to be kind in, in our culture. I shake people's hand when I meet them for the first time. Oh, yeah, and we go to this place on Sunday mornings. Part of what we do in our culture. Yeah. Well, if you hear... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've... I don't watch Jerry Springer. 
good. But, <laughs> but I think I've, if I'm recalling, I, and you know, all these drama shows and like uh, Dr. Phil, you know, these people are like in the midst of cursing each other out, you know, and they're like, and then like on the like, they like do the interview where they like cut scene to like someone talking on one on one camera or something. They're like, I'm a good person. I go to church every Sunday, you know. <sighs> You know, and there's like this. That's the worst. That's mm. and to them, that's what it means to be a Christian, is mm. to participate once a week in a hour long service. That that is what makes you a good person. That makes you a part of the church. That makes you a Christian, which is cannot be further from the truth. That's right. But yeah. what if it goes over an hour and you don't complain? <laughs> Does that make it even better? <laughs> That gives you extra spiritual brownie points or something. You can own a gym membership and walk into the gym every day. But unless you are lifting weights and doing something there, you're not participating. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard the story that Christianity is not a spectator sport. You have to participate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of ridiculous examples. It's like someone who'd buy a membership to a country club even though they don't like playing golf just to hold the card hmm. you know just for the social report yeah or just because they like it or it's something that all their buddies are doing or it'd be like buying a lamborghini so that you can take pictures of it and post it online and you just keep it in your garage and never dry it hmm. drive it you know like you just think of how silly those things would be that's the same thing as a church you're not participating in it. It just yeah. gets silly. Why are you even doing right. it? Well, I like to I keep coming to mind Jesus' words to the disciples. His question was, why do you call me Lord hmm. but you don't do what I tell you? Hmm. It's your decision to call me Lord. Right. And what that entails is doing what I tell you to do. Do not be a hypocrite about it. As yeah. far as a dynamic and by definition, what <laughs> Lord implies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're welcome. I gotta, gotta catch my breath again for a second after I yawned so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yawning was to gain oxygen. I guess not. <laughs> oh. Anything else that you guys feel like uh, you wanted to make sure we said before we close out today? Uh, just one more, I guess one more thought is... You know, people get so excited about a building, and I think of two things. I think of uh, Mark 13 and other places in the Gospels when his disciples, Jesus' disciples, were like, oh, look at the awesome temple, and it's like yeah. awesome work. You know, since they're like, our temple's cool and great, and Jesus is like, yeah, it's going to be destroyed. <laughs> you know, like, don't care too much about that. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. Don't get you know. too attached. Uh, and I actually think of the first sermon that our dad preached at... Uh, Lawrenceville. Yeah, Lawrenceville built a new million-dollar building. Mm-hmm. Because church was growing. Yeah, and it needed the facility, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, over and over again, throughout the whole building process, I remember uh, Dad saying, it's not about the building at all. It's about the people. Do not get too fixated on this and cause divisions or strife. And In fact, to prove it, on my first sermon, I'll bring a hammer into the sermon, and I'll bust a hole in one of the new walls. And people are like, oh, no, you wouldn't, like that kind of thing. And his first sermon, he brings a hammer, and it's taught. And the first sermon that was in that building was about how the church was the people, and not the building. 
uh, and he had the hammer on his shoulder the whole time. I don't think he ever. He never actually, actually punched a hole. a hole in the wall because he didn't want to have to repair it. <laughs> <laughs> but but the he, point was made. Yeah, the point was made. This is not about the building. Yeah. Well, I I've been in trouble in the past because I I made a definite decision to get away from calling the building the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be we're going to be having our Bible study Wednesday night at the church. You know what I mean? Yep. But that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started saying at the church building. Yeah. My problem was solved. Why are you always calling it the church building? <laughs> that's well, exactly what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses meet at their kingdom hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Churches have, church buildings, excuse me. Church buildings have addresses, churches don't. <laughs> good I like thought. That. That's good, good thought. That's good. They have multiple addresses, wherever those people happen yeah. to live. Yep. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Sorry I couldn't be in person. Well, that makes it sound like you're somewhere else. You're I am someplace <laughs> else. I'm way over here. <laughs> and we're way over there. We're two feet from the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah. So uh, email us. Let us. And, and you don't even have to ask us a question or suggest a topic. Just use that email address to see if it works. <laughs> you should just, you can just send your name in the subject line subject heading and not type anything else and I'll be happy. Okay. I just want to know who it is. Yep. Who, who, who's listening here? All we're right. not going to ask for money. <laughs> yeah. we, it's yeah. not a high budget That's production good. here and we're not looking to make money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. See you guys later.